Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. Hello. Hello again. Again. Hello. We're joining you. We've gone to the past, the last episode, mm-hmm. and now we're back to the present. We're back. Well, if you didn't know, our podcast is about romantic comedies. We study them. We dissect them. We pull out all of their organs. Ooh, gross. And learn what makes them a whole package mm. of nastiness. Oh, <laughs> this, this, okay. That... It's already off the rails. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> We're two seconds in. Ashley and I are best friends. This is our qualifications. We're best friends. And we are filmmakers, film editors in, in Hollywood. <laughs> Today we are, we are viewing 1999's Mansfield Park. Mansfield Park. I feel like we're going to hate this. Probably. We're doing another period piece. <laughs> we're going to hate it. The 90s were, were really into period pieces. <laughs> For whatever reason. It was the, the, the Gwyneth Paltrow boom. Of 99. Gwyneth, why? Why, Gwyneth? Let me, if you don't know about this movie. Because I have no idea what it is. <laughs> let me read you the DVD.com information. And I don't think you'll you'll know much more. Um, <laughs> in this period drama, loosely based on Jane Austen's most autobiographical novel, Penniless heroine Fanny Price is sent to live with wealthy relatives in 1800s England, where her wit and writing talent find the room and circumstance to grow. What does this sound like? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, it really does when you read it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> West Philadelphia, born and raised. It's like West Manchester, born and uh, Yeah, yep. Yeah, penniless heroine, wealthy relatives. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Writing Prince. talent. She's going to start rapping. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. She's Will Smith. Okay, got it. <laughs> Check. This movie was the original Hamilton inspiration, okay? Oh, shit. <laughs> Jane Austen. We're going to be so disappointed when it doesn't happen. You know, I've only really, I know some people are going to shame me for this, I've only really experienced Jane Austen via this podcast. With our Jane Austen movie adaptations we've watched. I've read if What what book have I read? I've read a, a couple books. They are definitely not as bad as the movies. I will say that. The they movies are, not, are bad. The movies are bad. The okay. movies are dry and just they're trying too hard. Okay. Well, let's see who's in this movie. This movie stars Francis O'Connor, Johnny Lee Miller... And Alessandro Nivola. I know Johnny Lee Miller. He's a uh, Sherlock Holmes currently on Elementary. Mmm, he's hot. That's his. That's his day job now. Gotcha. It's directed by Patricia Rosema, female director. Is this only our second one? No, we've had a few. Not many. Not many. Because I know Greece too. And Clueless. Clueless. Okay. Sleepless in Seattle. So this is like our fifth one. Roughly fifth. Roughly. Out of 89. Yeah. <laughs> that seems about right, statistically. Yeah. Yeah. I know she's currently uh, directing some episodes on some Amazon 
original series. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, he's still working. Still in the biz. The editor, Martin Walsh, he, trivia fact, he just edited the new uh, Wonder Woman that just came out. Oh, he did. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, sorry, I got a little nerdy. He's the Oscar-winning editor of Chicago. <gasps> we're going to love him. <laughs> there might be some... Uh, we're going to hate the movie, but we're going to love his editing. Some pretty decent editing here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's his team. The first assistant editor was Steve McGuire, who was the assistant editor for The Fisher King, which we watched over at Podstalgic. Yeah, go go listen to that. Yeah. That was, that was an interesting trip down memory lane. Yeah. Uh, we've got two assistant editors, Dan Gain and Celia Haining. This movie is rated PG-13 for brief, violent images, sexual content, and drug use. It's an hour and 52 minutes and rated three and a half stars on DVD.com. I feel like this is interesting because do you think Jane Austen had violence, sexual conduct, and drug use? Mm, no. Okay. No. Hollywood's adding shit now. Oh. Um, the director, Patricia, she also wrote it. She adapted uh, the book. Okay. Okay. That's all I know about this movie. Never heard of it. Let's go watch it. If you can hear the baby, that's how we feel right now. No. <laughs> so we just watched uh, Mansfield Park from Miramax, which we lost this movie once in the Miramax Wars of 2016. Yep. The baby crying is such a beautiful background for this podcast. It makes you, it's very, it's in tune with the period piece. Like it you is. just feel like you're in a ye old England. In your woman's place. Yep. Carrying for six babies. Or more. Or more. More on the way. Who knows? No more no more period please. No. No no more period pieces, please. No. Not I don't, for a little while. I don't want to do any more. Yeah. I I seriously think this was like a late nineties like period piece like boom. Like everybody yeah. was doing them. And I don't know why, because they're all the same and they're all hard to follow and just they're all the same. Though this was the easiest out of all of them to follow. Yes, I liked the ease. I liked how everybody said everybody else's names multiple times. And you knew the family dynamic. Because that's the hardest thing of period pieces. Yeah. Is that they all look the same. They're all related to each other. They're, they're all, all white. They're all just called by each other's like station name. You know. But this one was very simple to know who was who and how they all interacted. Yes. So props to that. Unfortunately... <laughs> There was no plot <laughs> to string along with these characters. Okay, so I read a lot about how it was changed from between the book and the movie, and I feel like the book was better. Well, it seems like the director-writer, she wanted to take the book, yet mix it with real Jane Austen things. Lives. Live. Life events. Yeah. So it's like she created this third element story. Yes. What else have you learned? That... Two hours of white guilt is terrible. Yeah. Um, it kept reminding me of a similar period piece movie where, you know, someone is, you know, sent to live with the rich relatives and, you know, they're not of the same station, but then there's awkward love and, you know, coming out parties. And yeah. that movie is Belle that recently came out, I don't know, like two years ago. Okay. Uh, the main character, Belle, is 
is black goes is um actually is mixed mm. because the the her father you know fell in love with a, a black woman and they had this mixed race child but he is still of the upper crust so she has all the entitlement of the upper crust and since he can't take care of her sends sends her to go live with the relatives you know mm-hmm. and so they they try to bring her up i don't know it, it's good it's like this but better because there's that more like social context to it and there is also stuff with the slave trade in it as well the thing that i and i guess the better way to put it for me is that it's not just like having the it, the white guilt was like a throwaway thing it wasn't utilized it was like oh i hate my my rich uncle because he owns slaves and he deserves to to, to be reprimanded or whatever but he's also trying to make me marry this per it just felt so it didn't feel ingrained no it's like my rich uncle owns slaves and that's a thing he does but i'm doing this thing here i'm a writer yeah so it didn't feel it didn't feel how it was supposed to feel yeah it was used for shock value not empathy or compassion value maybe it's just a a thing of the of the 1806 times of them being like, well, that is an occupation people have. Slave owner. Cartel. I also found it weird that at the end, when they tried to correct, he's no longer going to be a slave owner anymore. His new interest is tobacco. It's like, wait a second, whoa, guys. You know that tobacco is like a big slave trade crap too, right? Right? Right. Guys. 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 The Caribbean, you know, that place. Yeah. 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 I'm not. So, yeah, I'm not. Ugh. There was a lot of just a little things. A lot of little happenings. Not a lot of plot is yeah. what I feel. They didn't f- feel like well-rounded characters. Plus the whole talking to the audience bits that were interact like or interacting with the audience. It was just not. It came off as creepy rather than yeah. as helpful. Yeah, like, why is she looking at me? Yeah. Why is she smirking? Is she going to murder Edmund? <laughs> is this movie going to be become Ed- Aunt Bet and everyone's going to die because you go crazy? Cousin Bet. Cousin Bet. Yeah, I kept waiting for something bad. You know me when I'm always like, something bad's going to happen. There's and a lot of those creepy points in here. And then nothing happens. Nothing happens. Not like cousin Bet. You're like she's gonna murder. She's crazy. She's gonna murder everyone, and then she just the whole time did nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of like that, only less weird. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I kept wondering what Mr. Crawford did. Like, was he just not Edmund, or they just never? She had this weird, creepy vibe about him that never came off. Yeah. Until he was, like, committing adultery. But at the same time, that even really wasn't that bad by today's standards. Yeah, I I feel like halfway through, like, you kind of figured it out of, like, maybe they had already slept together. Which I'm thinking maybe they didn't, but the intention was there uh, that night of the, the theater night. Yeah. Well, it's like Fanny wasn't allowed into the theater night, so how did she know? She didn't she see them all together? No, I don't know. I don't know. I I thought it was there was Sir a Thomas. lot of 
No, I think it's because like the game nights and like the previous parties, there's just a lot of, when they first introduced them, a lot of yeah. eye fucking going on. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was weird slow-mo. Like there were some weird bits that they used slow motion and it was just. See, look, this is us like reaching for plot points. We're like, maybe because so-and-so looked at so-and-so. Yeah. At one point, because of the audience interactions, I really did think that this was just all a creation of her own mind. Yeah? Yeah. That she was crazy. Uh-huh. And Edmund was her imaginary friend because she was coping with the fact that her family just gave her up yeah. for money. And so she invented Edmund. And then, like, all of this crazy, like, she might have been, like, raped by Sir Thomas or something, so she further divulged into her delusion and invented all of these characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Far more interesting movie. <laughs> when you put it in that context. Yeah. And, like, the whole romance aspect of it is, like, right off the bat, we're like, oh, Fanny and Edmund together forever. Yeah. And, like, everybody else knew it. And... Why they didn't get together? What was the reason? What was the reason for anything? <laughs> Why didn't they get together? Because he was well. Because he said that he thought that he treat he thought she was more of a friend. Not he friend zoned her. Well, it's like their cousin zoned first off. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's right. He is her cousin. That's weird. I mean, they did it in Emma too. It's a, it's, the, it's the Austin time. Cousins are, that's how, that's the only people you know, so. <laughs> imagine, okay, this is what I was thinking about, I was like, imagine, like, only knowing, like, ten people in your life, and you gotta marry one of them. <laughs> it's very poor odds. Yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like. It's like, these people showed up, they all looked at each other, and they were like, okay, I'm related to that person, but this person, yeah, I could do that. I okay. could fuck him. Yeah, alright, let's get married. <laughs> So is Tom gay or not? I like to think that Tom is gay and Mary is bisexual. Yes. Yep. Mary was definitely bisexual. The way that she was touching up all on Fanny. Yep. Like, let me look at your boobies. Yeah. She's like, you are very well developed. Look at your body, girl. My brother would like some of that. Yeah. <laughs> My brother. <laughs> brother i thought at one point that their relationship was going to be incestuous and i'm really happy that i didn't take that turn well maybe that was a little bit kind of hinted at the end too yeah where they were with those uh people of similar leaning values yeah what was that that's a re that's a really reaching statement when you don't want to say something. so it was either incestual or like some sort of swinger swinging situation yeah. which no judgment. No judgment. It's just like the way they did it in the movie it made it kind of judgy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were like, and then these people, and you're like, oh my. That's what it made it feel like. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a George Decay moment where you're just like, oh my. They are up to something. Because, you know, when it's not like explicit, it's just like, and then they're up to something. You well, know? and then the plus, because they were the first. Uh, it was like the first time that you realize that they're going to repeat the freeze mm -hmm. thing. You're like, that makes it worse. <laughs> Where they freeze in the moment. Yeah. Because that was weird. Yeah. That little like 
freeze in the mo- moment and then like and maybe not yeah things could have been different i'm like i don't know just anything could have happened again this is why i think that fanny was literally crazy and these were all characters that she created in her mind probably i mean it just lends into the austinism of it yep did i just make that up yep you did okay it's a thing so first thoughts of mansfield park not as bad as others, but could have been better. But entirely forgettable. Yes. Easy to follow, but entirely forgettable. So let's let's go through it and introduce our listeners to all the characters. So we meet um as children, Fanny and uh what's her sister's name? Susan? Susie. Susanna? Susie? Susie Cusie? Susie. Which I really like Susie character. She was really cute and like she kind of had like a spark of like, oh, what's going on? I'm involved. Yeah. But Fanny was making up stories for her. Mm-hmm. Which again, lines up in the whole making stories. She's a story maker. They're young children. Fanny's got to leave and say goodbye to her siblings and she ain't coming back. Nope. But she's not told that. No. Which that is a terrible thing to do as a mother you should tell your child yeah it's something along the lines of probably the mom's gonna get money for the daughter and then the family gets to have someone else to put out into like society society you know have those coming out parties and whatever and make connections with the other upper crust families well and be properly trained i guess would be the yeah word so everybody gets a little bit of Something for selling Fanny over to the to the rich Bertrams, the cousins. To the dark side. <laughs> so we meet her Aunt Norris. Actually, she was waiting for two hours for Aunt Norris. The bitch. Well, because the guy came early. The carriage driver. Yeah, but still, Miss Norris was also a bitch. Oh, no, she was. I'm just giving her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. We meet the other girls, the daughters of the Bertrams, Julia and Mariah, and they're very pretty. They're very poised, and they can seem a little like bitchy too, but like in the, oh, we're like in the fun way. We are better. So the family has a meeting and and Fanny kind of overhears like, okay, she's not your equal. She This is from Sir Thomas, the head of the household. She's not your equal and, you know, but don't be all nagging on her this is not a cinderella thing (laughs) it's kind of a cinderella thing but it's not (laughs) it definitely felt like a cinderella thing yeah it also felt like the little princess yeah and a little bit secret garden yep (laughs) (laughs) all better movies yeah so she gets a little tour of the house the mansion the, the the mansfield park and then she gets her own room in the attic what was going on with like this this montage, the sweeping weird shots? The Did you notice that? Yeah. Like it was like, look at the house. Was, yeah. <laughs> I did notice that the, 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 the there was lots of steady cam and it like it seemed like the steady cam didn't have good start points. No. So the the editor just had to use what they had. <laughs> That's what I felt about the editing was that the editor had to use what they yeah. what they shot. There was some weird shit that they shot too, like the introduction of the Crawfords, mm-hmm. where they're like panning shots of each of them. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of camera work. That yeah. it was just like oof, oof, too much, too much. Well, there wasn't much like I don't want to say there wasn't much set design, 
But really, if you looked at the the walls, it was, it was sparse, and there was sparse furniture, so it was just giant rooms of like a couple chairs. Yeah, you know, so not much to work with. So you gotta pan the bodies. Yep. Fanny learns she's gonna be there forever, and then she's upset. She's crying, and then little Edmund shows up and cheers her up. He's little, with a horse. He's so cute right off the bat. You're like, oh, they gonna fall in love. Days together. Little Edmund's like, do you want to write your family? She's like, yeah, but I don't have any paper. And he brings her like... Like a Bible-sized stack of yeah. paper. Which is expensive for Yes, this. for 1806. Yeah. Well, I wasn't 06 at that, that point. It was just 18-something. The end of the 1700s. Yep. America was just born. <laughs> and then Britain was like, ugh, America. Gross. Ugh. Those colonies. Gross. <laughs> Whatever, they'll they'll dissolve in a minute. <laughs> they'll come back. You know they will. Yep. Yep. You'll be back. <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> Remember that I served you well. Oceans rise, empires fall. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Okay, so then we've got a little growing up montage where she's becoming a writer. She's enhancing her writing skill. She actually is reading um, the history of England written by Jane Austen. Yeah. And this is where she starts talking to the camera. We're both like very off put. We're like, who is she talking to? (laughs) Why? Are you talking to me? What did I do? Why? Why? So, like, in reality, she's just, like, talking to nobody, but, like, making direct eye contact. Yep. Ah, scary. Could you imagine watching this on a big screen and having that happen? It was like, ah. We're gonna die. Fanny rides off with Edmund, and she's just like, Sir Thomas hates me. And he's like, well, he's got other things on his mind, like problems with slaves. And she's just like, What? I don't think I don't like these slave things. And he's like, hey, <laughs> these slave things. <laughs> this one is like, it's so terrible, but it is what it was. That scene was like. Yeah. And he's like, listen, girl, we live off the profits of the slave, of the slave trade, including you. And then you think they would do something about this line in this plot. But no, no, no. It's all off screen. Yep. She's or in like, voiceover. Okay, I live off the profit of slave trade. Bloop, 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 bloop. I'm nope. not going to minimize my ways. Nope. No, nope. nothing. Going to move back into poverty. Not going to bring that back up. Nope. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Norris's husband died, so then she moves into Mansfield proper. So then the like guest house is vacant for new people to move in. So the Crawfords. Uh, Mary and Henry, who are brother and sister, they move in. And uh, this is the scene where they get introduced to the rest of the family where there's lots of eye fucking. (laughs) And it was weird. Yeah. It was all done in slow-mo and it was this weird panning camera Mm -hmm. around them and like the sound effects weren't slowed down. So it was like live sound with slow-mo. It was very weird. Yeah. And um, so pretty much the Crawfords are single, looking to mingle. One of the uh, sisters is engaged to be married to um, Rushman. Rushman, who had crazy eyes. Yeah, he's a bit of a. Ooh. He's a bit of a. He's a bit of a man. Yeah, <laughs> he's a bit of a thing. He's a bit of embarrassing. Yep. 
So Henry Crawford's kind of there to choose one of the sisters. And then Edmund, he's starting to have eyes for Mary Crawford because he's also single and has friend zoned uh, Miss Fanny. <laughs> Unintentional friend zoning, I will say. Yeah. He thought of her as a sister. Yeah, they did grow up together. He loves her. Then we've got this uh, Gussy Up montage, which I like because everybody's like, ooh, there's new people here. I gotta look up my best and then smack the cheeks. Yeah. Pinch it up. Pinch it up. Cheeks got so red. Get the rose. And, rose, um, rose, rose. But like Fanny at the end of her Gussy Up montage, her Gussy Up montage is like, okay, I got this new quill. I'm gonna write something. She's about the brains. She's got the brains. She's got the beauty. And the brains. Everybody likes to say like, Fanny, you're like, meh. She's beauty and she's grace. She's Miss Mansfield Park. Because <laughs> she really essentially was. Because Sir Thomas was like, you make me prouder than my own daughters at one point. Yeah, because his daughter's done fucked up. Yep. <laughs> oh, I wrote down Edmund's a jerk. Well, I think because at th- th- this point he's like, oh, Fanny, isn't Mary Crawford like sexy as fuck totes hot and she's <laughs> just like bah uh, well our feelings are My unrequited world. unspoken relationship that i didn't ever try to initiate yeah yeah dude you had all this time and then um oh tom the eldest son he's a family disappointment he likes to paint he's gay He's supposed to be getting into the slave trading business. And he can't. He can't. He cannot. It hurts his little heart. His artist's soul. Good. Good for him. Yeah, no, and he was, uh, he's the prince in, um... Ever After? No. No. (laughs) In, uh, A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. He's the prince that pardons him and then knights Heath Ledger. Oh. Spoiler alert. Oh. My bad. (laughs) If you haven't seen it by now, you just you're never I haven't gonna... seen it. <gasps> Justine, <laughs> how have you not seen that glorious piece of like historical plus music usage? I haven't seen a lot of things that are you know. So you know Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette. Yeah, I've seen that. It's like that. Oh, okay. Because they use modern music. I I've, I feel like I've seen some of some bits of it because it used to be on TV a lot. It opens up with Queen, and it's amazing. Oh. It sounds like um, Ella Enchanted. Yep. <laughs> Though the book is better for Ella Enchanted, guys. Okay. They ruined that book. Oh, damn. Where were we? Oh, yes. Tom, the family disappointment, has returned because he's supposed to be in, in Antiqua. And he like, fuck that shit. He's like, nope. So Sir Thomas is still there. And then Tom is like, hey, I'm talking about some good drama. And... um. Edmund's like, this is crap drama. And then, like, Mrs. Norris tells Fanny to leave when she's asked for her opinion. Yep. And then Tom's like, well, let's put on this play. Boo, boo, boo. (laughs) I don't know what was happening. And they're like, yay. And it was really just, like, all kind of a ruse for... It was just a play that allowed... The people people to touch each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, people aren't allowed to touch each other. Unless it's for theater theater or dancing or dancing so that's why there was a lot of theater and dancing back in the day because people wanted to touch one another <laughs> yeah <laughs> people still want to touch each other i should join a theater troupe 
<laughs> get consent first. <laughs> Don't just come up and you're like, you're in the theater. Oh, <laughs> I was just suddenly ambushed into the theater. <laughs> uh, I touch you now. You're in the theater. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. Good PSA. <laughs> Uh, Mary goes up to the attic to rehearse with Fanny because uh, Edmund's like, no, 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 I don't think I should. And then um, I don't want to touch you. I don't want to touch you. I'm just a poor little clergy boy, younger son. I'm not boy from a farm. <laughs> he was a little farm boy. <laughs> and so she's like, I'll rehearse with Fanny and then I'll touch all up on her. And it was very erotic. <laughs> And this guy was watching, and he's just is gonna have boners for days. <laughs> he's never seen anything like this yeah. before. He's like, "There's something in my pants. <laughs> what is this feeling? What is this? What is love?" <laughs> <laughs> and so he stands up. He's like, "Okay, okay, I'll do the play. I'll do. It. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it. Yeah, I get to do that. Yep. 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 Okay. <laughs> I touch her the butt. Okay. Okay." <laughs> So they um they've got some very hands-on rehearsal like everybody does and uh, they haven't even begun to like do the play yet and then Sir Thomas comes home early and um he's very mad he's mad cuz the theater is not proper decorum apparently no all of his daughters his unwed daughters are like half naked touching these boys who are also half naked right wearing these shorty shorts <laughs> Dude, those weren't shorts. Those were hot pants. (laughs) They were ruffled hot pants. It's the theater. (laughs) The theater deals with some kinky shit, I like going to the theater. (laughs) Uh, This is like the cast party thing that Manuel did for SNL. Yes. Um, so pretty much he's just like, Tom, you are forever a disappointment to me again. So Tom runs off again with Mr. Yates. With Mr. Yates, his possible lover. Possible. I, at this point, I really did think. Yeah. Because the way he was, he was, not that all people in the theater are gay. It was the, his mannerisms, okay? And in the 90s, if you were a single dude in a movie who was an artist, they were They trying, were gay. They were, that's just in the 90s. They were like, this is what gay people do, right? 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 They like they like dance. They dance. They they theater. They, they paint. They theater. They theater. They draw. They have spirits. Spirit fingers. Spirit fingers. <laughs> so they're sitting in a room. Sir Thomas is talking. Everybody's like, "So how's business going?" So that's pretty much how's your slave? How how, how are your how are your, slave how do? your slaves doing? And he's like, "Oh, I've got this one slave that's like this, and I've got this other slave, and yo, these slaves, woof! They can't produce children. Ugh, and this one." Has a rockin' bod. She yeah. moves so eloquently is what he said or yeah. something like that. Or fluidly. Fluidly. And it was just like really, whew. And then, and then he's like, oh, hey, Fanny, you're here. Well, let's objectify you now. Like, <laughs> you've grown up. Hey. You got a hot bod. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Am I not wrong, Mr. Crawford? And she, he's like, yeah. And then Edmund's like, you know, she's also got brains. She's a hella good writer. And they're like, whatever. We should uh we should do something. We should we should uh, put you out into society. How about that? Are we all agreed on that? Great. <laughs> and Fanny's like, I gotta go. You're making me uncomfortable. You're just dissecting me right here in the middle of the room in front of all these men. And goodbye. 
she wants to go r- horse riding in the rain. This is what she does. She rides horses to feel Her something. Shakespeare. Yeah. And 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 Edmund's like, no, don't go do that. You'll get sick because anybody could get sick. <laughs> it's 1806. <laughs> Everyone die. And she's like, I will not be sold off like one of his slaves. Aha! And she goes riding in the rain. See, more? It's like they wanted a plot. (laughs) But they didn't. They didn't plot well. No. Sir Thomas talks to Edmund of Mary Crawford. But he does it in a way of like, oh, she's not all bad. Like, she starts out with like, she's not all bad and the family's all right. And Edmund's like, the prices? He's like, no, the Crawfords. So it's just another of like, yes. Edmund, everybody knows you want Fanny. Gosh, do something already. How do you not know, bro? Henry, we have a scene where Henry comes to bother Fanny in the library, which is what guys do. They always come up to you and go, what are you reading? And you're just like, fuck off, I'm reading. Right? Henry was creepy. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, like standing outside of her window creepy. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. I thought he was going (laughs) to murder her. I did too. I was like, oh no. I wanted to like, okay. None of those doors have locks. Why is she holding a key? (laughs) (laughs) Is it to her heart? Oh. Yeah, probably. Not so subtle symbolism there, bro. Mariah, surprisingly, goes to talk to Sir Thomas, her dad, about her fiancé, Rushman. And she, at first, he's like, okay, no, bro, we can we can cancel this off. And she's just like, no, 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 I want to get married. Married immediately. Married in the next two weeks. And I want to bring Julia with me. Why would she want to bring her sister on her honeymoon? Possibly. You can construe that, yes, they had... She had uh, had sexual relations with that man. She had sexual relations with that man, and she wanted to protect her sister from having sexual relations with that man. So she took her sister for safety. Oh, okay. See, that makes more sense. You could could construe that. I don't know what... That was not clear. (laughs) But, you know... It was very... And it was just... It was subtle, and it was very unexpected. So, yeah, then it leaves just Fanny alone to be the only lonely. Only the lonely. In the house of wolves. <laughs> including Mary Crawford. <laughs> Especially Mary Who Crawford. Who to touch those boobies. <laughs> this, oh, wait, because then this the rain scene yep, happens, right? Yep, 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 this is weird. Mary takes in Fanny out from the rain, and she's just like, let me undress you. This was all shot and framed and just done in a weird possessive way in a way that like you could construe that mary crawford wanted to like have her on that bed right yeah. behind just her, the right. framing of it is yeah. just like it was all bodice and, and bed framed yeah it was <laughs> it was very but it was it was as if mary was like oh possessing her like a doll yeah and dressing her yeah it was it was it was uncomfortable not because of the possible lesbianism it was uncomfortable because of Dre- the dressing up and, and utilizing her as as Mary utilizing Fanny as her toy or her possession. Yeah. Something yeah. to be fucked with. And just like the innocence also of Fanny in the whole thing. Yeah. It felt very predator prey. Yeah. Because yeah. we're all down for the... Oh, no. We love the lady love. Yeah. So the rain comes down and Mary comes and saves in quotation marks Fanny. Yeah. Then undresses her in the bedroom. Yeah. Puts her in a 
I'm assuming one of her dresses. Yeah, that's what I assumed. And then plays the harp for her. Yeah, and she's like, this is Edmund's favorite. And then they talk about Edmund and uh, Mary learns that Edmund is going to be a clergyman. And she's like, no, that's terrible. It's even worse for a clergyman's wife. What a boring life. And but unfortunately, Edmund's there right behind the door going like, I'm sorry you think that. Because I'm doing it, bitch. I'm doing it. There's nothing left for me to do. I'm not going into the slave trade, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) That's a hard no. (laughs) Hard pass. Yep. And then so, like, yeah, Edmund walks a Fanny back home and he's like, Fanny, I wish more women were like you. (laughs) And it reminds me of those lines of, like, you know, like, oh, I wish so-and-so was just like you. You and I, you know. And you're just like, hello, right here. Hello. Available. ding 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 dong Oh, people. Oh, boys. Yeah, but I know there's... I feel like I wish they played into more of the classism because Fanny was not of their class. And yes. I feel like they didn't utilize that often. I know it did it a little, but... Well, and they also didn't really establish why Edmund didn't think that he could have fanny yeah or why he it was it was just you had to kind of make up your own version yeah insert here yeah and while that works really well in a book or a novel to kind of be able to it's mary sue essentially Mm. to be able to put the your oneself in the character's shoes and go along for the ride as if it's happening to you is helpful it's not so much in a movie yeah. Because then you get weird things like I make up that she's crazy and these Karen Edmund isn't real. Because it just doesn't make any it, it to me her being crazy makes sense for Edmund not to know because then she's not acknowledging a part of herself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why you don't explore that dynamic more? I think it would help. It would have created more con- uh, conflict and it probably would have established a better plot. Mm-hmm. essentially with these characters because it they left it up to you to figure out if she really didn't like Mr. Crawford or if she was just confused. Yeah. So you get into these things of like, well, why do you hate this person? Who's being like completely sweet and charming. Yeah. There's no context behind those emotions. It's just emotions. Yeah. Crimson Peak is kind of like that two where you're like oh this tom hiddleston character there's something off about him but they they all solve it you know yeah but for the most part you're like "Ooh, i don't know something evil's afoot yeah but the the actor didn't play crawford like that yeah so the audience didn't have this knowingness or this the context behind anything like it was like something happened it felt like something happened off screen that neither one wanted to talk about, like that fan, like okay, if you move and shift the adultery, yeah, into before this happens, and Fanny catches the adultery, but doesn't say anything, but doesn't say anything, and then there's that quickie divorce or quickie marriage with uh, Mariah, even though she doesn't want to marry that guy. It one creates conflict, and it makes sense why, yeah. Fanny then rejects Crawford because he's fucking around with the the women of the household. Which is what I think she was trying to allude to. Yeah, it's like 
she knew he was going to be fucking around with the women. That's why yeah. she didn't want to get with him, but she, it, it was unsubstantiated at that point. It, it was unestablished and it was uh, it just didn't yeah. flow. It was just like she's she's like this guy seems like a player pretty much. Yeah. But I have no evidence to back that up. Yeah, it's which just is, a feeling. Which is natural. It's just super hard to do that in a movie. Yeah. You're, you can have those feelings in real life. And it's you just have to have a very... You have to have something creative to come up. Or, or at least just a flicker of something in a movie to put the doubt in the audience's mind. Yeah, like if he had come and like flirted with Susie, you know... Or something, you know, if you had seen him disparage other women. Yeah. And it didn't have to be like them, him grabbing any, like, a butt or something. It just has to be this weird look or this predator feeling. Yeah, because like Mary. She, she found him untrustworthy. Yes. If we got the predator feeling from Mr. Crawford instead of Mary, mm -hmm. I think her distrust and her disgust from him would have been more. Mm -hmm. y then you don't have to move anything. Then you have the, the confirmation later on. Yeah. Which would work. It's just the the creative decisions of the actor or the director or whoever decided for that character to be charming and smug without any of the, the nastiness to it. It didn't come off or play off well. Yeah, because at that point, like we said, all the other women were gone. Why wouldn't he just advance for Fanny, the only woman left in the house? Yes. Which makes sense. Then it, then it makes him more of a predator and more of a threat. And it gives you more conflict. Mm -hmm. Because then when Edmund stands up to Mary, it makes it bigger. Because he's actually standing up for Fanny, too. Yeah. Rewritten right here by Ashley. <laughs> That's probably how the book was. No, it probably is. I mean, I did read that the, the big change between their relationship was that she questioned or and she accepted a proposal mm -hmm. whereas in the book she constantly refused his advances okay where was i the coming out ball mary and edmund have a little conversation where she, mary's like edmund you love fanny and he's like there are many forms of love bye <laughs> love fanny is dancing with um Mr. Crawford, and he's like, oh, Fanny, you dance like an angel. And she's like, you're not so bad yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Again, this is another place where you could have added animosity where he was grabbing her or very physical or just predator-like. Here, it just seemed like a sweet dance. Yeah, and then he's outside her window and he bows to her and, and leaves. And well, it was creepy, the initial creepy. shot of yeah. him. When he bowed, it was adorable. Yeah. The Crawfords get invited to live at Mansfield proper. For forever. Yeah. There's this little secret meeting Fanny and Henry have. He wants to be with her and she's just like, I think you're a bit delusional. Bye. Peace out, bro. And so Sir Thomas comes to tell Fanny, Henry wants your hand in marriage, so you're going to do that. And she doesn't want to because she doesn't trust him. And Sir Thomas pretty much spends the next montage trying to break her independent spirit. Yes. <laughs> because she needs to do this is by him. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. So he's like, well, what do you want to do? Go back to your mother? And she's like, yeah. 
mommy. I want to be around uh, people who love me and treat me as an equal. That sounds good to me. Bye. Except for the fact that you've been gone for like 15 years or something. Yeah. And she's had 10 more kids. She has. Oh, my God. That poor woman. Yeah. So there's this tearful goodbye from Edmund and then she's home again and then she's like crying in bed, but she's like back with her siblings and it's just craziness. She's very poor. There's lots of bed bugs, but I guess she's like, this is my life. She makes do. Yeah. She reads letters from her, from her friends and she receives presents of music and fireworks and doves from Mr. Crawford. Yes. Who then uh, comes to see the family, meets her family you know, tells her that Edmund is to be married, you know, so please choose, choose, me. choose me. See, even like the guys, like, I know you and Edmund. Yeah. <laughs> but he's getting married. So guess who's left? Me. <laughs> I will give you a, a warm and comfortable life. Yeah. And she's just like, my heart is still full of another. And we're like, ah, fine. So uh, Fanny's mom comes to talk to her and she's just like... And you could hear the the husband being like, "Come back to bed. I want to do it." And the Give mom's me like, "Another baby, Fanny. I married for love." <laughs> and it's just like, "Oh God, no, no, <laughs> don't do it, don't do it." So yeah, so Fanny's like, "Okay, I'll marry. I'll marry Henry, Mister Crawford." After all of this pressuring and beholding my future, apparently. But then after one night, she takes it back. Yeah, and he gets mad. Super mad. And I like the line, and this is the part where I started to agree with him, which is weird, because he's like, listen, you think I'm untrustworthy? You just told me that, like, we would get married, and then you took it back, okay? Who's the crazy one here? Bye. And I'm like, he's right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm agreeing with the bad guy. I don't know. But he really wasn't that bad of a guy. Not yet. <laughs> he cheated. Well, she She cheated. cheated. He, I, he's just a player. He's a player. But we don't know that yet. Yeah. He's just a handsome there is, guy with handsome there is sideburns. nothing at this point. What's, like, I felt like, it was after this whole animosity thing that I felt like there was adultery with Mariah. Yeah. It was very long until I started feeling that. It wasn't initially. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that I could do to make sense of it. And when you're sitting with this for two hours and it's so slow, you know where it's going. You know that Fanny and Edmund are going to get together. So yeah. there has to be a way to get everybody. This. There yeah. was no conflict. Everybody yeah. from the beginning were like, these two are getting together. Yeah. Ugh. Just if they would ever talk to each other about it. Yes. Ugh. So yeah, she's chosen this hard life. She's chopping vegetables with a dull knife. <laughs> and then Edmund shows up and he's like, you must come back. Tom is almost dead. And so she does. And Henry shows up. Then, yeah, one night, middle of the night, Fanny gets up and sees uh, Hen Henry and Mariah doing do the do. Doing the do. And then uh, she's like crying. And then Edmund's like, what's happening? And she's just like, ah, bah, yeah. Go there. And then so he goes and sees it. And Mariah's like, what could I do, man? What could I do? <laughs> We're like, what? You agreed to marry this other guy, I guess because you're already engaged. You don't want to, like, bring down the family name by breaking an engagement, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's why she wanted a quickie marriage, because she was, like... Having feelings for another. Yeah. She's like, I will solve it by just getting married faster. 
Which doesn't solve anything. No. She's like, I am stuck with this annoying guy. Though he really wasn't that annoying. I felt like he was on the the spectrum. He was a lovely man. We didn't get to see a lot of him. He just got excited about a lot of things. Yeah. Like theater and newspapers. Yep. So then, yeah, Fanny finds Tom's sketches of Sir Thomas raping his slaves. And Sir Thomas comes in and creepily watches her flip the pages for a little bit and then yeah, rips them out of her hands. And then, like, after all this, like, hubbub, this is the same night as, like, there was, like, the pictures, there was the, 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 adultery. the adultery, and then, like, Fanny and Edmund have an almost kiss. Yeah. <laughs> this is, like, too much, guys. Yeah. And then the next morning, Rushman, the husband, shows up, and he's like, where's Mariah? Where's Mariah. Crawford? And, and I remember, like, Edmund's like, did you check for him at this other place? And he's like, but that's where I went first. Where, where are these two people? What? I only know 10 people in this movie. <laughs> Unfortunately, this gets written in the paper. Because he brings a reporter with him. Yep. They've run off together. So uh, Mary comes up with this plan. She's like, well, Henry and Mariah should marry. And then eventually, you know... We can bring them back into society. We can society. bring them back in, you know, and then Tom will die and I'll marry Edmund because he'll be the heir. And, then, and I get all this money. And then we'll accept this family back and then everything will be fine. Because there'll be enough lavish parties. Yeah. And then money will solve everything. Edmund is like, hold the fuck up. Did you just say this will all work when my brother dies and I become the heir and then you'll marry me and spend all of our my my dead brother's money on parties? I do not know you. <laughs> I liked what he said. You just put a chill through my heart, woman. A chill. A chill. <laughs> that was my favorite and line. The thing is, she blamed it all. And her the sum up of her speech, she blamed it all on Fanny. She's like, "Well, if Fanny had married Henry, none of this would happen." Bullshit. And, and yeah, Edmund was like, "No." No, Fanny was doing what she wanted to do. This is not she was her following fault. Following her heart, for, you bitch. For Henry to go around banging everybody in Mansfield Park. No, she get out. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> he he dragged her pretty good. Yeah, he did. Finally, he stepped up and did something. Go, Edmund. Go, go Edmund. Edmund. Go, it's, Edmund. It's uh, your birthday. Uh, uh, uh. You'll get the plague soon. <laughs> He is, like, halfway through his life. <laughs> he is almost dead. How old were these characters supposed to be? I don't know. I feel like Fanny was way too old to be just coming out. Yeah. Well, like, you come out when you're, what, 16? Yeah, like 16. Just on the, just after you've had your first moon blood or whatever. <laughs> you flowered. <laughs> you're ready to come out. <laughs> Moon blood. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call it from now on. I'm not on my period. I'm on my moon blood time. <laughs> Your menses, guys. The moon is bleeding right now. It's moon like in blood. Practical Magic, blood on the moon. <laughs> Happy moon blood day. Happy moon blood. Oh, let's sum up the end of this. Where we're getting there. Okay, yep. yeah. So yeah, this is this is where the movie ends, pretty much because then everything is like LVO. Yeah. It's like Tom survived and Mrs. Norris lived with Mariah. To help her shamed niece. Yeah. And Mary and Henry moved in with people who did other things. 
Who knows? <laughs> Who may or may not have been swingers and up for it. Or incest. Or we incest. We don't know. <laughs> Just women of accommodating morals, okay? Okay. Yeah. And then Edmund finally tells Fanny, I've loved you all my life as a man <laughs> loves a woman. <laughs> I've never, wait, I never felt this way in my heart about another before. I'm like, good job, Fanny. You, you heart fucked him. <laughs> you heart fucked him good. <laughs> He's so happy in his pants. <laughs> And then, like the movie, they slow kiss. Yep. And, and then she winks at us. And Fanny gets published. Yay! Yay! She's Jane Austen. The end. Woo! Woo! <laughs> We're ghosts. <laughs> We're dead after this movie. So, yeah. Easy to follow, but a plot that you've seen before without having the goodness of any plot yeah (laughs) without any added bonuses yeah of characters making decisions (laughs) yep uh did you like the editing i mean i felt like a lot of the editing was just done you like you said utilizing what they had yeah i don't feel like he had a lot of choices yeah just because a lot of things were very thin and sometimes performances were just not up to par. Yeah. It felt kind of like a low budget movie that didn't have a lot of money to pay for film. Yeah. To get the takes that they needed. Yeah. But like the and then and the cinematography being uh, quote unquote inventive. Inventive in a way that it uh it didn't I guess how I want to phrase inventive is it brings something to the story that adds tone emotion like it it adds to the story rather than distracts from it Mm -hmm. and this i felt was more distracting and it just didn't feel right for this story yeah like some of the sweeping shots like the outdoor crane shots were really nice yeah but it was just like watching Ever After again. Yeah, because I think when they're outdoors, they have something to look at. When they're inside the house, the house was very bare. Yes. Just didn't feel right. Do you like to play a game? Yes, sir. Um, I think we should do hashtag accurate. And oh, I God. think we already came up with... Y- you already came up with it. Oh, what was it, though? Uh, yeah, the, 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 the actual plot description of this movie is 10 people... Awkwardly staring at each other in a room for two hours. Yep. With a dash of white guilt. Yeah. Sprinkling a white guilt. Yep. Would you like to rate this movie? Yeah. I'm going to give it two and a half awkward Tom self-portraits where he's being uh, chased by death. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that one. I'm going to give it one and a half... Tiny little shot goblets. Oh, nice. <laughs> we did not talk about um, the mother character. Not not Fanny's mom, but it would be Mrs. Edmund's mom. Yeah, Edmund, Edmund's mom. Um, she added nothing to the story at all, which is why we did not talk about her. She was just there to be drunk in the back. With oh. a pug. With a pug. She was the best. But she had this tiny little goblet mm-hmm. that w- that she would pour her vodka in. And she wouldn't drink out of the bottle. I was like, you are a proper lady, man. Mm -hmm. I want that tiny little shot goblet. You rated it much lower than me. Yeah. 
You really hate it? I was bored. Yeah. I think it was boring, but like I liked the characters. They just had nothing to do. I felt like the characters were flat. I think we've covered everything Yeah, that needs to be covered. Not much to this one. Nope. So next time on the podcast, we will be watching something much better. I have seen this movie. I am very happy with this movie. It is a terrible <laughs> movie like for women in general, but I do have fun with it because it stars Freddie Prince Jr. And who cannot have fun with Freddie Prince Jr.? Mm, I know Sarah Michelle Gellar does. Ooh, she does. <laughs> We're going to be watching 1999's She's All That. Wow. Nice. We're finally hitting the era of the chick flick. <laughs> it's happening, guys. It's what people have always wanted of us. It has. It is. Well, if you like this podcast, why not become a patron on our Patreon? You can find us at patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast. We have lots of little goodies. We are still working on the other goodies. I know we've been saying that a lot, but our lives got upturned, guys. you got to give us some, some room to breathe. Our lives got flipped, turned upside down. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm bringing it back from what we said in the intro. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Just so people didn't forget. Yep. You can also find all of this and more at our website, which is thecutaways.com. It will be rebranded a little bit soon to kind of go along with our new logo and our new description on iTunes, if Mm -hmm. you haven't seen it. Um, I worked really hard on it. (laughs) And you can always find us on social media at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at cutaways.com podcast yeah come talk to us come send us a gif give us love give us cookies give us whatever you want just not dick pics because nobody wants that no please leave us comments rate us and subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher or your favorite podcatcher we got we've, we did get some reviews. Yes, right. Let's let's read a review that we've gotten recently on Apple Podcasts. We're not calling it that anymore. We're just going to call it the podcast app or just Apple bullshit on Apple. So this review is from I Ship It. The title of it is Slumber Party for Your Ears. See, they're catching on to our Ooh, branding. Yeah. Sam was Sam was good on that one. Get it? Yeah. This podcast is so much fun. I like revisiting my favorite rom-coms and hearing them digested through a 2017 lens. Add this to your weekly listening. Yeah, do it. You can add us as weekly, but we won't come out weekly anymore. I'm sorry. But I mean, we've got plenty in our back catalog. Oh, yes. Please go back and explore the fun fun things. Even (laughs) if you've never seen the movie. Yeah. We promise we're fun. We promise. We talk about lots of things. Yeah, it's film history. Get it. It's a free education. Yep. (laughs) Go to film school with Justine and Ashley. Yeah. That's it for us, but uh, stick around for a a promo from some lovely friends of ours. Bye. Hi, I'm Ellen, and I'm scared we exist in the Matrix. I'm Jaslyn, and I'm bad at (laughs) ad-libbing. And you're listening to High High Expectations. Expectations, the promo. For our international listeners, you can appreciate our cute New Zealand accents. For our local listeners, you might bump into us in the street three times in the same hour. Our podcast is about pop culture, sexuality, relationships, interesting hobbies, banter and ragging on each other. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, 
Podcast Addict. Or anywhere you might like to find podcasts. Yay. Please subscribe. Goodbye. Goodbye.